Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time for Batter Up. The definitive Atlanta Braves podcast with host Joe Patrick and Caleb Johnson giving you exclusive insight into our Braves from Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Joe and Caleb. Welcome into the Batter Up podcast. Caleb Johnson here with Joe Patrick. Joe, how you doing this week? Oh man, I am doing, I'm doing okay, you know, I'm like with the Braves, you know, just up and down, up and down, it's like, you asked me two days ago, I was feeling much better than I feel today, but, uh, and who knows how I'll feel two days from now, so, who knows. I do understand that, it is funny, it's interesting that we're coming into this, and it's kind of been the trope of us recording, that I come in with the negatives, you kind of bring the positives, it's interesting that this week, you come on a little more somber, and I'm definitely coming with energy because I'm super excited, not necessarily about what's going on with the Braves, but just, like, personal life stuff. Oh. That, yeah, so it's... Uh, what's, what's going on? I, I'm getting into a house, and so actually found out at the Braves game last night, which oh, was awesome. a, a very surreal moment of, of being at the Braves. And it's funny, too, I'm putting this in our in our podcast because... For any family or like friends who don't know and who I will tell later, and they'll be like, <laughs> "Oh, I had no idea." Be like, "Ah, you 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 don't listen to batter up, you know? You, <laughs> yeah, you get right. some bonus material." <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of been a crazy week. Um, it's like a clever way for you to see like who actually listens to the podcast. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But no, I just I find it funny that you hop on like. I'm all right. You know, I'm just like, hey, well, I'm ready to go. Well, here's the thing. We were way too optimistic on the last show, and I felt like the team uh, fell apart yeah. after we were like, yeah, things are going great. So I'm trying to, you know, someone's got to be the Eeyore to, to, you know, get things going again. Yeah, no, and, and today it is it is you, Joe. Uh, so yeah, everyone listening, this is, like, it's May 18th. Um, right now, since we last spoke, Joe, the Braves are 2-5. and five. Uh, the week before when we came in, the Braves were five and one. So obviously, yeah, the optimism coming in at different levels kind of continues this theme of the season of it being a roller coaster of a season. It's incredible. The consistently inconsistent play <laughs> is just, it's like clockwork. It's like they sweep somebody, they get swept. They win two out of three, they lose two out of three. It's just unbelievable 
it's like how much of a rhythm this team is in. Just wins and losses, just kind of wave like a like a sine wave just going by. Um, but I think I don't know. I f- I feel like we're getting at a point now where we're we're kind of reaching a tipping point to an extent. Like, um, well, I'll, I'll just get into it right now. I feel like Snit is like reaching a point where he's visibly frustrated after games where he hasn't been in the past. And when I say the past, I don't even mean earlier this season. I mean like even going back. I would even go back to 2019, where I always felt like Snit. He would um, after losses, he would intentionally be optimistic. He would intentionally be upbeat. And after wins, after big wins, when everybody's excited, he would kind of downplay everything. And I think I feel like that always kept this team on an even keel. And I feel like he's you know obviously tried to continue that, but. Um, this season, I feel like things are just getting to him, and he, I, especially with the bullpen. Seems like at this point with the bullpen, he's like had enough, and he's like last night he's like I just got to keep running these guys out there, but you know, it's not a pretty picture right now, and I I have to assume that Alex Anthopoulos is trying to do everything he can, but right now it's I think they're just trying to utilize internal options before the the trade market gets heated up, and even when the trade market does get heated up, I'm not. So optimistic that this team will be able to make the moves they need to um, to really kind of le- you know level themselves up to borrow a phrase, but uh, I don't know. I don't think I was planning on saying this, but this was a thought that went through my mind sitting at the game last night, uh, and that's something that I, I do want to talk about is yes. being being back at games and and that sort of thing. We kind of touched on it a little bit last week. But there's there's something that ran through my mind last na- night while sitting at the game that I don't know if it was just watching Snit's body language and then going home and seeing post-game. But I thought, this is the kind of Braves team that'll make Snit retire. <laughs> and, and I, you know, like... Like driving, I, like driving him insane to, re- to retirement? Is that what you mean? I think, yeah, to the point of like... I don't really want to do this. I, I don't want to have to deal with this because, and the point that you, you were making about how he's not covering for guys anymore is kind of what tipped me off to this earlier this week. And it's the kind of thing where you get to a point, And I've been saying this about this Braves team for a few weeks now, which is everybody. I keep seeing all this. Well, the Braves need to do this. They need to make this move. They need to do this move. No, the Braves have the team. Right here. Shane Green, sure. You want to make that addition? That's fine. No, the Braves have their team right here, and they're not performing. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, Snit isn't able to get, like, he's not able to get that little boost that, come on, guys, let's get to it. It's just not working. And so he's getting to a point, much like I think some fans have already been for a while, which is, y'all got to play. I mean, I'm I'm not covering for you. I think uh to what started this was the other night in um in I'm blanking. Oh, in the Milwaukee series where they had a game in hand and the bullpen a- after fighting back into that what where they lost a 8 nothing uh you know early lead and jumped back into it between what Jesse Biddle and and who else I can't remember got sent out there. Uh, but that game fell apart, and the questions that Snit was getting, and I was seeing this on Twitter too, is why didn't you send your better guys out there? And Snit's response, I think, was perfect in that he was like, 
I can't throw our best guys out here every night. We're playing 162 games, you know. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. some point, I get that some of these guys aren't high leverage guys, and and maybe I personally would never have thrown Jesse Biddle in any sort of a high leverage situation. But at some point, you're professional baseball players. You got to step up and perform. And if you're not going to, then in Biddle's case, we bid you adieu and you'll get your papers and you'll no longer be a part of this team. But he can't do that for every single player on this team. And it's just, it feels like it's building up to a point of, I said a long time ago, this Braves team is just playing like their average. They're continuing that by going on this roller coaster of good, bad, good, bad. And I don't I don't really know where we go from here unless they just somehow get hot during the summer and completely look like a different team. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I was on Dukes and Bell last Friday and they, you know, they were they asked, they said, you know, is there are there levers Snit can pull or are there things he can do? And it's hard for me to really fault him too much. I just you know, it's like it's it's not about the X's and the O's. It's about the Jimmy's and the Joe's at this point. You know, it's about like guys actually performing the way that they've shown they should, like that that they show they can. Not just that they can, but that they have a a pretty wide track record at this point of performing. Um, not just Freddie Freeman, but Marcelo Zuna, even guys like Dansby Swanson, who we've seen you know perform much better than he has now. It's like now Dansby's striking out. He's like a strikeout machine. Um, and that's just on the offense. You know, obviously some of these guys in the bullpen are not performing the way that we've seen them in the past. So it's frustrating. I do feel for Snit in that respect. Um, and I do, you know, Snit, I think, is coming under some more fire from fans at this point, which I think was always expected in a, in a yeah. year where you don't have the DH. There's just more managerial decisions to make. And especially right now when you're in a very competitive landscape in the NL East, all these decisions seem to matter a lot more. There's a much more like a big magnifier on them. And, um, and you know, he's getting criticism. There was something that he said last night because he was kind of talking about the bullpen and just talking about how he was had limited options and um, – and a reporter followed up. I think it was Dave O'Brien said, asked if Matzik and uh, Minter were fine. And he said, yeah, they're good, but they won't be if I pitch them when we're behind. And I, a lot of fans took that as um, like the fact that he won't throw his better relievers if the team is losing. He'll only throw them if he's winning. Now, maybe he would have more propensity to do that, but I didn't take it like that as a strategy play. I took it as like... He's not going to – I, I, I took it as they're behind so often that he can't just, like, throw them all the time and expect them to just perform every time they go out there. They have to They have to get rest. I mean, I know that they – you know, he said they were fine last night, but um, he didn't want to use them in that situation. I, I You know, and I can see last night's situation as being one where you might have wanted to use one of those guys, and I think they're that, – you know, I'm not saying this nit is beyond criticism, but I just think that he's kind of being burned right now by his guys just not – not playing good baseball and not performing and um and it's always very easy to kind of just lay that blame on the manager but you know these guys they they got they gotta they gotta you know prove that they're the best team in baseball in in this division and right now they clearly have not been so far this season yeah i i mean i personally think if you're blaming brian snicker with the way this team's performed this far that's just lazy yeah i agree it's it's just lazy i mean (laughs) It's one of those go go down the batting order. Look at every, look at the guys' averages. You know, look at their on base percentage. It they're not performing. Pitching, 
not performing. And then we still haven't even gotten to the injuries. I mean, come on. Oh. Could this could this week, it's one of those, could it get worse? I honestly, I don't want to even say that because it, <laughs> it probably could. Because yeah. I felt like, I felt like earlier this week when we found out about Mike Soroka needing exploratory surgery on the Achilles, that terrifies me. And, it, I mean, that that is the kind of thing that not Caleb overreacting is like potential career ending. Potential, we don't see Mike Soroka back in a Braves uniform if that doesn't get right. I think because they're doing the exploratory surgery, they're trying to be preventative, trying to be very cautious and careful. It's kind of, I mean, Mike Soroka has been kept in bubble wrap, it's felt like, for a, for a lot of, of the offseason, early into the season, and having some other issues that popped up. But there's been really no rush other than getting excited when he performed in spring and, and looked like he was able to come back early. Now... I don't. I mean, he's he's put on the sixty-day uh, injured list. I don't expect to to see him this season. If we do, cool. I would have very low expectations. It's kind of like it's kind of like the expectations that were put on some of the Hawks players uh, over their past season, where you had guys get hurt, and it's like if they come back, cool. If they don't, it's probably what we figured. Uh, but to to have Soroka. And you're thinking, it can't get any worse, right? Oh, no, wait. Waskar <laughs> Enoa punches the locker, breaks his hand. He's out for eh, probably two months. And then last night, Max Freed, oh, he just comes out of the game when he was, you know, pretty dominant for most of the night. Oh, with a, oh, he's just got a little cramp in his left hand. Oh, that's his pitching hand. So that could be problematic. Yeah. Um, I'll, what devastating news about Soroka, man. I mean, that was just brutal. Um, just, just hate, I hate it for him uh, again, because of the way that it, something like that can impact your career. And I just really hope that it doesn't, um, that, that things go well. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure exactly how exploratory surgeries go down. I mean, I think that it's just like a small incision and they do, it's like a keyhole operation where they stick a camera in there or something like a, like a tiny little camera and like go and like look at the wound. But what worries me about it is that, um, you know, that, that what was communicated to us about this injury and this recovery is that the Achilles was not supposed to be the actual issue with the recovery. The issue was supposed to have been the other joints, you know, and, yeah. and, and kind of, uh, overcompensating and, and, building up the muscles that atrophied during the recovery. And so it, it with, um, you know, if it appears that the actual Achilles is an issue, that is not good at all. Um, and you just hope that he doesn't have to have an additional surgery on it because, you know, when you're out for this long, that can really impact you as a pitcher, you know, because you're not getting the work that you need to get in on your arm to, to maintain your, to maintain your top level. And so how, you know, the longer you're out, I feel like the longer it's going to take you to get back to what you were and what you uh, certainly want to be at the major league level. I want to know if we were lied to. I'm just, I, I you know, I just, I'm curious. Yeah, I want to yeah. know because the Achilles injury was the original injury and then everything looked good. We got video of him throwing off the mound of him, you know, a nice little 
little run and we there. saw him in the spring training game. Say, he looked pretty good. Yeah, we saw him at the end of spring and like all of that kind of progressing to make us all believe like, okay, cool. And then it was like, oh, hold up. Shoulder injury. Our, our arm. Was it shoulder? It was a shoulder. It was a shoulder. Okay. That's what I Shoulder thought. inflammation. Yeah. 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 Shoulder inflammation. We got shoulder inflammation. So hold the phone, everybody. We're not entirely sure what's going on here. And then it's like, oh, 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 by the way, you know, right as he's supposed to be coming back from that shoulder inflammation, ah, we got to check out the Achilles again. No, we're just not, not completely sure. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm super, super skeptical. Of, no, I think you're onto something. Of team doctors and that what, what do we often hear about team doctors? They're, they're in looking for the best interest of the team. And, and of course, you know, we like to think, well, that comes... The best interest of the player is then going to be the best interest of the team. I don't know. I see too much in football where I don't believe that. But I'm not saying that they necessarily did anything wrong, that they rushed him back too early. Whatever may be the case, I'm just curious if in his normal progression, if something popped up and they were like, ooh, let's not make this a story. Let's get past this. We'll be fine. And now it's like, hold on, we got to go back in and just look at it. And I feel like we're about to find out a second surgery is coming, but that's just me being very skeptical. I just want, I'm just very curious. And obviously I hate hearing this because I don't, I mean, I'm just thinking of what the, the psyche of what this does to a guy like Mike Soroka, who has just. I don't know, working with the Hawks this year and all the injuries that they have, these kinds of thoughts keep coming back to me because you hear about guys coming back from injury and are talking about how difficult it was in the rehab and the thinking, I may never get back. Mm -hmm. And and all of those, you know, wonders going through your head. And as we as a society are kind of taking mental health more seriously nowadays, I just wonder about that side of thing and wonder like, is he okay? I just, I really hope so. Yeah. And he's a super competitive guy, which we all know. And so that just makes these things even more uh, disappointing and more kind of um, devastating to, to a person when you're, when you have that kind of competitive edge, I gotta say, I, I kind of, I, I agree with you that I would be surprised if we don't, if there's not another surgery for him um, just doesn't nothing about this. The way that this came about seems good whatsoever. Um, I would almost be more like, not comfortable because you obviously never want to see a recurrence of an injury or anything like that. But there, there would have been, I almost would have felt better if there was like some sort of acute injury that happened. Like, like if there was like, I don't like the fact that this scene, the pain seemed to have come up on Soroka by him just kind of like casually walking around and it getting worse. Yeah. Like that to me signifies that there's something that was, that's not right there. Um, as it relates to the the initial injury and the surgery, so again, I don't want to speculate too much because I obviously don't know any details. But the the um just the context surrounding this kind of reoccurrence is just not good at all. And I, I agree with you; I'd be pretty shocked, honestly, if we saw him this year, um, especially now that he's had this major setback. You know, you never wanted to rush him in the first place, and now especially, uh, I I just don't I don't see it happening. So, um. But, uh, you know, the team has been getting on without him. I don't think that, like, they... 
as much as we have kind of been talking about him coming back and providing a boost to the team, um, and I, I certainly was kind of looking at that. Obviously, the team has been performing now without him, and I don't think that the players were necessarily kind of, you know, like counting down the days until he was back because they know they they have to do the job when he's when he's not here. And you know, now you've got Wascar Yanoa, the guy who's been the most consistent pitcher for you this season, even like including Max Freed, even though Max Freed looks has looked great since he's come back from his IL stint. You know, Wascar Yanoa, he had I was just looking at his numbers last night. He had um first he had a sub three ERA coming into that sun the the game on Sunday, uh, which pushed him a little over three. But in his eight starts, he he has five five of the eight starts he's given up less than two runs. So like either one run or no runs. And in the other, and one more, he gave up two runs. So, I mean, like, just so incredibly consistent. And again, it's like a similar situation where obviously this injury is impactful for the team because you don't have him, you know, giving you the pitching production anymore. But also, it's just like bad for the player that he's not able to kind of continue this momentum that he has um, and be able to not only have success, but also work through struggles that he has like like again in Milwaukee you know that's part of the process of developing yourself and growing up as a pitcher is being able to you know roll with the punches and and hopefully improve the next time out and so you know I'm sure he'll continue to do that in his career but you would have liked to have seen that happen this summer so uh that's that's yeah really devastating and then again I'll to to go back to Max Freed obviously he had this issue last night they don't seem to think that it's any big deal he'll have an extra day rest anyway on this current rotation um so they don't think it's a big deal he said afterwards that it was fine he wasn't like I would say that he wasn't like uh like super convincing that he was like totally fine like he wasn't he was just like, yeah, it's it's fine. Like, um, it wasn't, you know, and uh, and I just don't like hearing that. Like, yeah, it just it just locked up after I threw a pitch. Like that seems bad. <laughs> and like it's- a hand in the cr- like when he said he said he had a cramp, and like other journalists were asking, uh, well, was it dehydration? And I mean, maybe that could be, but I've never heard of somebody's hand cramping up due to dehydration. Like if if you were dehydrated, your bigger muscle groups would go first, I would think. Like, you know, like normally happens to your legs and things like that. Unless there was some like unless he is forcing something because of dehydration, he was overworking his hand. I Could I don't be. know. He also I, mentioned I, that he was on he's been on medication lately cuz he's been a little under the weather, so maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. I don't know. I really I really hope the the issue with Freed is nothing. I guess we will probably find out today whether that's a uh, an injured list stint for him or not. It, it no, it it won't be. Um, like okay. again, they they said he he will make his next start. So I okay. think the thing to look out for him next start though is just like make sure the velocity is still where it should be and and all that. And I would say that I guess I would rather have something like this happen than a blister issue, which can be yeah, you know, a lot more lingering. So another guy who didn't make an injured list but was out a couple of days, and this is kind this is becoming a theme, is Ronald Acuna. And I know Joe, you probably saw on our show sheet, I was very blunt in saying that this whole like daily injury scare with Ronald Acuna, it's getting old. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm honestly, and it's one of those. I don't want to be Alpharetta dad and blame Acuna. 
And that's very easy to do is, uh, you know, he needs to be more protective and he needs to pay more attention and blah, blah, blah. Cause like the, he's out there playing hard for the team all the time. But this, this stuff that keeps popping up with him is just like, I just want to shake him, you know, <laughs> like stop it, stop <laughs> it. Uh, because I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I don't know that my, uh, my fandom, my emotions can handle constantly being like, uh, yeah, is he okay? Because I don't, I, Joe, I don't know if you saw this, uh, last night, uh, there was a play and I'm trying to think it was sixth, seventh inning. Uh, it was when the Mets started adding a couple more runs on the board mm-hmm. and there was a, a ground ball. I, th- I think it was like, it came up short. It was past second base but not quite to where ronald was and it kind of rolled past him and he just like sat down and let ozzy run past him to go get it and i had this moment of like why why is ronald sitting is he okay like is everything you know was there and and i think it was just frustration and embarrassment of missing the play but i feel like with that constantly going on i'm just like i can't I can't keep doing this <laughs> and that I need Ronald Acuna to be healthy. And I just, I don't think he can, compl- I think he's playing through stuff and that may be compounding, but you're also at a point where can you really afford to take him out right now? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's so thin out there in the outfield. And then <laughs> Ender, I mean, God bless him. Had, had a kid. Every every yep. child every child is a blessing. <laughs> but uh... Ooh, that timing, bud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's it's one of those. So I I'm the type of person that I anytime a guy's having a kid, yeah. Um, I'm all like, you be there it's for sure. I, I, for sure. I'm ne- I'm and I know some fans are this way of like, well, he's got a job to do. No, no, no yeah. No, no job will ever be more important than me being there. For the birth of my child. However, uh, it was just, it's funny when I like saw that. Yeah. When it's I like saw the irony. Uh, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like, a, yeah, you know, that's, as a fan, that's... it's just like, of course this happens, you know? Well, it was, it was like, it's very ender of, <laughs> yeah. of him, honestly. And, and I've, you know, I mean, you know me, I've been one of Ender's biggest supporters. Going yeah. Back to, I love to Ender. Last, yeah. Great last guy. year. And, yeah. And I do, I do love him. It was just funny of having that moment. Cause I remember. Uh, Caitlin actually asked me at the game. She was like, uh, where is, and she was trying to remember. She was like, yeah, where, where's Enciarte? And I, I just started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, well, he has been hurt. And so he was working through a rehab stint in Gwinnett and then had a kid. And so he's not here right now because of that, which is, it's just, yeah, it's one of those. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll we'll move on for it. It's not his fault. Glad for him. Excited for him. Hope the baby's healthy. All of those sorts of things. It's just funny. But the point of it is that there is it's just very thin in the outfield yeah. right now. And when it to bring it back to Acuna, you know, it, it's it's tough because like he clearly did roll his ankle a bit. And I'm I know like I've done that exact thing before several times. And whenever it happens, it's always scary. And um and sometimes it does swell. Like sometimes you don't really know exactly how bad you did it at first. And it will later swell up huge and it's pretty bad. And sometimes it's like, Oh, well, I guess I got lucky or something because it's just not really swelling up. It's, it's, it's not that bad. 
Um, thankfully for him, it was kind of that ladder where it wasn't that bad, but you never know. And but it's again, it's just like one of those things where he comes off of uh, a few games before that he'd gotten hit by that pitch um, that turned out to just to have been like a more of like a pinching of the skin on his on his hand against the bat, the barrel of the bat, instead of actually having taken a force to like the bone structure and, and having, so he's kind of gotten away. Um, fortunately in both those instances. Um, but again, you know, I, I, I understand your point. It's more just, I think frustrating to see like, you know, a player miss time for little stuff. Um, and again, you know, I, honestly, I, I do want to credit, you know, I did not really realize before I got into this role, covering the Braves, you know, obviously I would watch games all the time, but it was kind of just like my distraction after work or whatever. And I wasn't really thinking about the lifestyle of a baseball player where it is like a lot of <laughs> traveling. It's a lot, yeah. it's a, it's a pretty, it's a, it's a grind on the body um, to go through all that. So I do have respect for all of these guys and, you know, Ronald Cunha, especially who plays as hard as anybody out there in terms of just putting his body on the line, you know, diving for balls and things like that. Um, but I, I can definitely sympathize with the, the, just kind of the frustration of it all. And hopefully he gets better. I thought last night he didn't look good. I thought his at bats were really weak. Um, and it was like, he was just kind of going through the motions to an extent. And it's okay. Speaking of going through the emotions and er, through the motions and last night, um, Edwin Diaz, the, the Mets closer threw I think one pitch in the strike zone to retire three batters for the Braves. And he, he walked, uh, who was it that he walked on four pitches? Uh, Freddie Freeman, he walked on four pitches. And then Marcelo Zuna swings at the first pitch. Ozzy Albies swings at the first pitch. Both were like lame flyouts. Um, when a guy has, a, has, has not thrown a strike, he should probably not be looking to swing at the first pitch. I don't know. That's just me, though. I'm not oh, a professional wait. baseball player. Oh, Joe. Oh, did, you thought they were like trying to get back in the game. No. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> Why would they do that? I mean, no, no. I, I'm very much with you. Uh, in that, I was I was ready to leave. In the seventh, uh, of that game, but that's a conversation for another day. Uh, as far as being a fan there, and then in the ninth, I I was almost like, okay, cool. You're mailing it in. I'll I'll start walking towards the exit. I'll start start getting out of the aisle. Walking up the stairs, watch you from the stairs. If you're, if this is what's gonna happen, and and that's, that's yeah, that's what it was. It definitely was, um, just like you said, going through the motions, absolutely mailing it in. I do wonder if the way that that game ended played into. I think so. The visible frustration on Snit's face in the post game, like like just like yeah. you know, because that's the thing that he just really doesn't have time for, that he won't put up for, um, so. Well, and I was about to say, and that's, you know, I think we should go back to Kevin Pillar, which was uh, a big point Man, yeah. in, in this game. So thankful to see the tech or the tweet that he sent out this morning that he is okay. Uh, I, I guess he sent that out last night, but this morning they announced he has multiple nasal fractures and they're getting with doctors and they're going to do surgery here in Atlanta for him. Uh, that was hard to watch. Um, it was a point in being in the stadium, being in Truist Park, everybody was on their feet, excited, looking to get out of that inning and get back into the game. And I can't really, I'm not going to fault too much 
Jacob Webb, those things happen. You trying to force a ball, trying to place it, and it got out of him, and it hits Kevin Pillar square in the nose. Uh, and that was also a weird experience to be in the stadium mm-hmm. on top of other things because you couldn't hear TV broadcasters. And so if you missed it, you're thinking, eh, what is going on? And oh, I'm hearing, you know, oh, get this guy off the field and come on, you know, and all this kind of other things that like people don't realize, hey, you want to look down there? That guy's pouring blood. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and there was, you tweeted about it and, and I, I responded just because it was one of those, like, I had to pick this game. Yeah. So for folks that don't know, for probably 10 minutes, the game was stopped because there was so much blood in the dirt in the batter's box. They had to come out with shovels and more dirt and cleaning chemicals to try to cover up all of the blood that was pouring out of Kevin Pillar's face. And this man just put a towel on it, walked off the field, just, I mean. Yeah, and he like took the towel to away him. from his face at yeah. one point, like when he was walking off. Uh, for that reason, I wasn't, like, super concerned about his well-being. Like, I mean, obviously, I was concerned about his freaking yeah, nose being knew. open. But, yeah, but, like, you knew that he was, like, clearly cognizant and, like, yeah, it wasn't, like, a life-threatening situation. Thank God. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was kind of funny to me because um, it looked like the game was, like, about to get started again. Like, uh, I forget who was uh, who was coming up to, to, to bat, but, like, the batter, like, kind of, the batter kind of stepped into the batter's box. And meanwhile, I can see from the press box, I can see this, like, red dot and i'm like i'm pretty sure that's blood and then i like, pulled out my binoculars and looked at it. i was like oh yeah that's a pool of blood right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then well, uh, that's... and then i was like and then at that point it's like then i saw as soon as i pulled the binoculars away from my face i saw the the grounds crew come running in to to take care of it yeah well that was so so last night i uh compliments of the company of of odyssey uh me and my wife went to the game and had great seats sitting behind uh a little bit to the right of the Mets dugout in the 100. So, I mean, we were close. And you could definitely see just this, like, stream that for a moment you thought, like, maybe, I mean, not to be gross, but you thought maybe it was just, like, snot, you yeah, know, kind yeah. of from hitting him. And it was like, no, that's that's still coming out. And so for them that to lay on the ground. And I do know who was behind Pilar. It was VR. Because I thought that was the funniest thing in the Mets lineup <laughs> is that Kevin Pillar is followed up by VR, uh, <laughs> spelled you know very similar except for one letter. I was like, huh? How does? I wonder how that happened. But uh, yeah, so that and, and they were just and, and Jacob Webb, after composing himself, was about to just gather and and get ready to pitch, and I was like. We're not doing this right. Yeah. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah. they kind of called everything off and Snit was able to get Jacob in the game because I don't know how you feel about this. I never would have let Jacob Webb throw another pitch after doing that. I mean, there is there is things that mess with your head and yeah. then there is that moment. Well, uh, and, and Snit said the same thing, that he was never going to let him throw another pitch. I don't know if that was like Webb like kind of 
trying to move past the situation and like wanting to get on the mound Not and like, what look do. like he's ready to throw a pitch. Yeah, I think because yeah, I think that he was kind of. I think he was like terrified. Um, he was shaking <gasps> after he hit after he hit Pilar. Like he was like he he was crouched, and the camera, the TV camera, really zoomed in on. You could see his his whole like body is uh, trembling, and um, yeah, I think he just like didn't know what to do. So he just like kind of got back up on the mound, like he was gonna keep going. But I mean, I think it was clear to everybody in that stadium that there was no way he was going to be able to continue. And honestly, that might be something that that really affects him for a while. Like I wouldn't, I would not be surprised to see him go to Gwinnett after that, because I feel like you, you can't, that's just going to be a mental block for you. That's uh, like there's being, no way he's not going to be thinking about that. The next time he takes a man amount. It's like, it's like being in a car accident. Yeah, I feel exactly. Like. Yeah. It, it's one of those to get back in that driver's seat and put your foot on the gas and just go normal. I, I had a friend of mine who was in a bad car accident when she was in the early parts of college and she went uh like over a year i believe without driving just because having that moment of that feeling of a near death experience and i mean let's be honest jacob webb didn't know at that moment what he had just done to kevin pilar he didn't know how serious it was mm-hmm. he all, all i have to imagine he was thinking is i didn't mean to and yeah for that to go through you to get back up on the mound, yeah, I, th- I think it's going to take um, some working, and it's, you know, work. Well, I was going to say, and it's not like his performances would justify him no. staying up anyway. So no. I think that, it, yeah, it makes all the sense. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what happens. It, yeah. It's not a good situation right now with this with this Braves bullpen. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about your experience, and I will, I'll mention it as well, about just being in the ballpark. But I do want to talk about one thing real quick before we get into that, which is sure. Tucker Davidson was called up. He's going to be pitching tonight. Tucker Davidson is your boy, Caleb. I, going back to last year, you were hyped on Tucker Davidson. Uh, how excited are you for this? I'm very excited because here's, here's my thing with Tucker. Okay, so scrap last year out of your brains his one start that I think he went – an inning and two-thirds, and it was very bad, and just, yeah, it, it wasn't good. I don't know, I, I don't know if he was rushed or what the circumstances, I'm just, I'm putting that out of my mind. I like Tucker a lot. Uh, he's actually on TikTok, and is really funny. Um, hmm. He has been, a, he's been a guy for the Braves during spring training, who would, like, take over the social media, and, like, kind of fake interview guys, and, like, he's just a lot of fun, it seems like, to be around. And he is dominated, dominated in his two starts. And Gwinnett, his first start was a game that the Stripers won 19-1, to <laughs> which is just insane. Uh, but yeah, so far, he's had two starts for Gwinnett. He's gone seven innings in both of those performances. He's given up just one run, which was in that first game. And he's had a total of 14 strikeouts uh, across those two games. So, it's one of those, I hate that we're in a situation where he needs to pitch for the Braves, but I don't feel bad about it being him. I also think very interesting, uh, and I don't think it's just where they are at in the... um, like in their starts, that it's Tucker Davidson, not Kyle Wright. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. Not Bryce Wilson. It's just like, been there, done that. Let's, uh, because, and last year, this is how we ended up with Ian Anderson. 
uh, which is been there, done that. We got to try something new. So I'm very excited to see Tucker tonight, um, hoping that he can perform well and kind of somewhat right the ship, although I'm not putting that much pressure on him to right the ship for the Braves. Just put, just put a solid performance. Go five innings at least. Um, and don't go crazy. Yeah, know? exactly. I'm the same thing. I'm just I'm excited to see him because I feel like he's like a mythical figure. Like he's like one of those players you hear about, you've heard about for years now. Uh, Tucker Davidson and like kind of just this power arm in the Braves system. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see what he does. I was actually looking at his uh, numbers from the one start that he made toward the end of last year. And um, he gave up seven runs, but only two of them were earned. So I don't remember exactly what happened in that game. Um, obviously, I just sometimes re- just a, a minor error can can lead to a discrepancy like that. But yeah, I just I remember it. It it was definitely at a time in the season where it was just like, yeah, okay, that it, it was that locked it up. Yeah, yeah let, let's move on. It was like I think on. it was like September twenty sixth or something, which would have been right at the end of the season. Um, a couple weeks left, so yeah. Um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Um. I wanted to talk about being in the stadium, though. Um, last night was your t- first time as a fan. Uh, mine was Mother's Day. I, I wasn't in. I was there for work, but I got there like three hours early. Um, we went into the stadium early, and I just like met with my parents, and we had like Mother's Day meal in the chop house. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> um, and I, I I loved it. It was a great time. Um, but just tell what was your experience like. Well, I I will say this. So first off, just exciting to to be back in a place that I like to think of as home. Um, it had been I I mean it two years. It felt like I think since I had been to a game because uh, it was I I think as a fan I went like early on in 2019 and then just life stuff and I never really got back to a game. But so getting into the stadium. Parking was super easy. Getting the stadium was super easy. Um, we are we are now reaching a point where, because of the number of people who are vaccinated, masks aren't really a thing, uh, which is very nice. It's very it, it's very much if you feel that you need one, absolutely do it. If you don't, cool. Uh, I'm vaccinated, so I felt very comfortable. Um, I will say. It's gonna take it's gonna take a little bit to get back to to being a fan in the stadium, and here's why I say this: there are comforts and luxuries that you grow accustomed to watching the game at home mm. that you kind of forget about. And, and and I'm I'm going to lay out some things that may seem negative, but I promise they aren't. It's just things you have to get used to, which is. You you get one camera angle. Your camera angle is your eyes mm-hmm. wherever you're sitting in the stadium. Now, thankfully, I was sitting in a, a a part of the stadium that had TVs above us. So once I figured out they were up there, if I wanted to look up and see if I like missed a play or something like that, when the Kevin Pillar situation happened, I definitely looked up there to kind of be like, all right, like you know, where did it hit them? Um, kind of deal. But you forget about the fact of Fans don't always show up on time. And so doing the whole, uh, uh, oh, excuse me, excuse me, up, oh, excuse me, up, oh, as someone walks in front of you or a pitch is being thrown and two rows below you, someone's kind of walking in 
and you're like, oh, uh, missed that play. Okay, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot about dumb conversations that go on at ballparks. And this has constantly been a thing that's followed me, I feel like, throughout my time of going to baseball games, is just having to listen to guy who is talking to a group of friends or guy who is talking to wife and is saying completely inaccurate information. Just, <laughs> no, see, honey, you know, Max Fried down there, what he's doing is is this, this, and this, you know? And it's like, <laughs> no, he's not. No, that's no, that's not happening at all. And uh, I listened to it. Taiwan Walker, uh, who was pitching for the Mets last night, ended up getting an injury. And I didn't know. I just saw that Taiwan came out and it was a new pitcher. And so I actually texted you to mm-hmm. try to find out what was going on in the game. And I'm listening to a guy behind me who is like, oh, no, this is just a thing the Mets are doing now. They're not really they're not stretching out their starting pitchers longer than three innings, you know, just because of all the injuries. And uh, and I'm like, what? What? No. <laughs> I, and so I literally I leaned back and I was like, he's got side tightness, you know, <laughs> to the guy just to be like, so I forget about, um, yeah, all of the the moving around the. Um, the initial, I don't know if you've ever done this, but getting to a game and maybe someone, the the section's pretty open, someone's sitting in the next two seats. So you're like, oh, I won't sit in those. We'll, we'll space ourselves out a little bit. And then later on having to move because the people do show up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Ran into that. Um, <laughs> so it was just like, it, it was so much fun to be back. Oh. I almost forgot. I forgot about the fact that people hadn't been in stadiums so long that they hadn't been able to yell in public. I think I hmm. witnessed I witnessed a handful of guys who were just like getting it out of their system. Just because I'm <laughs> Woo, talking that was fun. <laughs> I'm talking eighth inning Braves are down and aren't playing anywhere worthy of getting excited for, especially after the Pilar situation. And you just got guys in the back like, go, bro! <laughs> I'm like, like, and some of them are real like, yeah! yeah. You know what I'm yeah. like? You, you haven't been able to just go outside and yell in a while. Like, yeah. you've, you've been cooped up, you know? So this is, this is good for you to get out. So it, it's fun. I'm, I'm glad we're getting back. I, how many times have we said this? Getting back to normal. Uh, but seriously, where... Uh, I'm ready to get to a point where I don't think about going to a uh, a game. It's just like, yeah, uh, going to a game. Uh, and, and it's it's nice. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I have not had a chance to actually attend a full game as a fan and kind of let out those yells. I need to do that at some point here soon. I definitely will. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was great to just be with you know when I was there with my parents. Um. Yeah, to just be around everybody again. We're all vaccinated, so we're all of the opinion, which I think is the correct opinion that where if you're vaccinated, you you can just basically live you can live life as normal. Um, yeah, you can live life as normal. So yeah, I was just really kind of uh, it was great. It was it was great to spend time doing that. And the other thing I noticed, especially at Braves games specifically, is it just seems to me like everybody's in a good mood. Like everybody's happy to be there. It's not like a bunch of disgruntled fans that are pissed that the team is underperforming so far this season, like it probably would have been in the past. Um, you know, I think that when I walk through the corridors, I see a bunch of, you know, smiling faces, people having a good time. 
even when the Braves are getting crushed sometimes. So, um, yeah. I think that was my thing that I was noticing last night is ninth inning while I'm watching Braves players mail it in. I'm listening to <laughs> yeah. Braves fans like, yeah, let's go. We can do it. <laughs> you know? And yeah. I was like, I missed this. I really did. Yeah. Like, that's you. Uh, the, the fake crowd noise didn't what wasn't the same mm-hmm. and it's funny too because I'll, I'll even point it to this where the braves roll a video in the ninth inning of like we've been here before we can come back <laughs> and one of the clips is of a freddie freeman walk off in 2020 when he hit a home run into empty stands mm. and then touches home plate and they're all like jumping around, not yeah. touching each other. Like, That's so funny. Yeah. And it was like, Oh, it looks so bad. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's nice to get back to a sense of normal. Uh, I do want, I did want to end um, our podcast, getting back to some Braves talk and getting back to a player that we haven't talked about. Um, and I think we only haven't talked about him because consi- you know, we don't have to worry about him. Uh, and especially with the performance that he had against the Brewers is a guy that I would like to call our diamond player of the week is Ian Anderson. And and going six innings of where you and, – and I feel like ESPN ruins it all the time with these <laughs> things is they send out the text of, oh, Ian Anderson has a no-hit bid going into the seventh inning. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, uh, well, I thought he could do it, but now I'm thinking not so much. Uh, and so, I mean, he you know, ends up getting two hits uh, off of him. But what a performance Ian Anderson had this week. And a guy who, is he the next guy in line? Now that Waskari Noah is out for at least two months, is he the next guy in line to kind of be the consistent pitcher that the Braves need. I mean, I know it's interesting with Max Fried right now because of this recent injury that has cropped up with his hand. Before that, he was looking like absolutely like the Max Fried of old, and I would definitely say yeah. he would be the guy that you would con- you could rely on for consistency the most. But with that out of the way, yeah, I mean, I think Ian Anderson is that guy, which is shocking to me. Like, I did not expect Ian Anderson to be this consistently good this season of course he's had you know a couple rough outings but overall on the on the broader scale it's been a pretty linear trajectory for him uh in his career so far in the major leagues which is all it, it it's impre- that's impressive for any young pitcher I think it's especially impressive for a guy like Ian Anderson because he has had he was kind of I don't want to say rushed because he obviously earned his his spots all the way up through the minors but he certainly had a quick minor league you know career uh, and he's already establishing himself as one of the better starters for a team that is, you know, presumably contending for a division title and a team that's won three division titles in a row. So um, all the credit to him. And, and when you talk to him, too, he's so, like, level-headed. He, he, he does not appear – he does not come across as his age. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how old he is. I want to say he's 23. Let's see. I'm, Let's yeah, find out. Remember. Let's find out together. He is uh no, not a guitarist. He is 23. Born in 98. Yeah, yeah 23. Yeah. So, uh looks like he just recently turned 23. He uh, did. Six, 16 days ago. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely does not come across that that young. I mean, he he sounds like a pitcher who's been around forever and um you know, I think that's probably, you know, those two things are 
highly correlated with one another, his performance and the way he kind of carries himself and um, not just the way he carries himself, but I think it's like a genuine, like he's just a very cerebral kind of guy. And uh, I think that really helps. So anyway, yeah, big kudos to, to Ian Anderson for sure. And the Braves will certainly continue to be relying on him to kind of continue these, these performances. Yeah. So the Braves right now are going to finish up this series with the Mets at home and continue a homestand against the Pirates. That'll be a four-game series. Uh, interesting because I that should be an ideal time for the Braves to pick up some games against a Pirates team that I don't think anyone really considers to be that good. Uh, so I'm not I'm not going to be as confident to say a sweep, but let's get certainly hope to win f- that series. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Get three out of four. A split at you know, at a minimum, but yeah. honestly, this is a time where the Braves need to catch some games as well as this current series against the Mets. They need to catch some games within their own division against a Mets team that it's very possible. Like let's not kid ourselves that the Mets are some, you know, really talented team. Uh, just putting the events of, of yesterday kind of, kind of behind us real quickly before we get out of here, let's catch up on, your confidence percentage of the Braves making the playoffs? Ooh. Uh, I'll say 30%. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. So I was about to say less than 50, and I was wondering if that was going to be critical. You saying 30, I don't want to match you, so I'll go 29. Okay. <laughs> A little Price is Right <laughs> yeah. style. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Okay. I, I it's it's pretty low for me. Yeah. And, and honestly, I'm at it like beginning of the season, coming off of 2020 of saying this is a team that should be back in the NLCS. No, this is a team that if they make the playoffs, they're not getting out of the first round. Yeah. As as they're playing right now. Now, it's, if yeah. we clip this in September and they've gone on some crazy run, awesome. But it's just not likely. What worries me is not necessarily the team's current record where they stand right now in the division or anything. It's the trajectory. It's like it's you. It's hard yep. to see this team making a drastic turnaround. Um, so I hope I'm wrong. Maybe maybe Alex Anthopoulos in the front office will do something to try to help that happen. But it doesn't look good right now. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, we shall see. So like I said, next week when we come back, long home stand. Hopefully a time for the Braves to pick up on some games before heading to Boston. And getting on a bit of a road schedule after that. Look, thanks everybody for listening. You can always catch us on Facebook Live. This is going to be our new time. I think, Joe, we can announce that. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. is when we're going to come on now. Uh, And then, as always, catch us on the Odyssey app. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can catch us every week. We will post them as soon as possible after we record here, but everybody have a great week and thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 